Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and they'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is a talented and prolific actor, Mr. John Savage. He'll be joining us. He's actually online with us right now, but he'll be joining us in just a few moments. I'm going to tell you about him. Also, the chat room is open, so if you're listening live, you can join us in the chat room. All of these interviews record live and then are archived. In other words, they're stored as recorded interviews at rexsykes.com, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. That's my name. I'm your host. And that's the official URL of Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And all of these interviews record live and are archived at the Interviews blog right there at rexsykes.com. So you can listen to them anytime, 24-7. Now, if you're listening live, you can join us in the chat room, as I said. If you're listening to this archived, obviously you can't. They're also stored as podcasts at the iTunes Store. They're free. They're available. There's over 300 hours of professional filmmakers uh, sharing their expertise, their secrets, their tips, their advice, their what to do, how to do it, what not to do uh, with you. Because Movie Beats really designed to be a resource. Uh, that's why I connect you up with professionals who are every day making it happen. So uh, all we ask of you in return for these fabulous interviews with my fabulous guests is that you spread the word. Share it far and near to all of your friends and family and filmmakers and industry contacts. Uh, let them know right now, live or archived, that you're listening to this interview. Uh, post it on your Facebook wall. Share it around. Tweet about it. You can tweet live. You can tweet during the show. Uh, you can call somebody. You can email somebody. But let them know about it. If you're listening archived, the very same thing uh, applies. Tell them that these recorded interviews exist both here at uh, RexSykes.com or at the iTunes Store and that they're available uh, for people to listen to. The other thing we ask you to do is please leave comments. Leave comments during the show, after the show, before the show. Tweet them, uh, Facebook them, or right there at Blog Talk Radio. Underneath the chat room, underneath the player, is in fact a place for comments. Now, I can see it right now, and I can leave comments. It has my picture, and I can leave a comment. I don't know what it looks like for you, and in some browsers, that window may not open until the browser entirely shuts down. No, not the browser, I'm sorry, but the, the, the player entirely shuts down. But don't go away without leaving a comment, because uh, that helps us increase our Internet presence. It helps us in the search engines. It helps other filmmakers and, and aspiring actors and, and screenwriters and, and talented people find us who might otherwise not. Uh, so your comments are very meaningful to us. Uh, and you can rate and review the podcast as well. All right, well, I'd like to tell you about my guest. I'm excited to have John on today. John Savage is an actor. He made his debut in the 1970 Oscar-winning Best Picture film, The Deer Hunter, which gained him international attention for his work. And in 1979, he had leads in two more big pictures, Milos Werman's musical Hair and Joseph Wanbaugh's The Onion Field, followed by Dick Donner's 
uh, or Richard Donner's Inside Moves, and, and The Amateur, for which he was nominated the best foreign actor. He then co-starred in Maria Lovers, uh, Maria's Lovers with Natasha Kinski and Robert Mitchum. He landed several TV series regular roles uh, around this time too, and in and 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 I'm sorry, in TV movies. And his first uh, regular series role was that of Jimmy Malloy on NBC's Gibbsville. During the late '80s and through the '90s, John threw most of his star power behind the anti-apartheid struggle in South Africa, working alongside Nelson Mandela. And as a result, he later worked uh, as a production manager on Spike Lee's film Malcolm X. John has worked uh, with Lee as a co-producer and one of the stars of Do the Right Thing and then later showed up again in Lee's Summer of Sam movie and uh, as well as the Showtime TV movie Sucker Free City. Since his return back to L.A., John's career remained split between TV and film. He was a series regular on James Cameron's Dark Angel with Jessica Alba, uh, the HBO uh, uh, series Carnival, and uh, the Thin Red Line, Message in a Bottle, Handsome Harry, opposite Stephen Buscemi, and the cover girl opposite uh, Eliza Dushku, and Gabriel Mack. As a producer, John has several projects in development and is committed to working uh, with up-and-coming writers and directors. So uh, if you would, please help me welcome Mr. John Savage to uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat today. How are you doing today, John? Hi, Rex. Wow. I, I just keep thinking... Uh, you know, we talked when you were out here in L.A. Right. And listening to you talk, I remember us sitting at the table up in uh, in uh, Hollywood and getting the. I, I just felt so uh, so excited listening to you talking again about all of my stuff, and <laughs> makes me remember a lot of good times. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you so much. Now I should say that you've got a number of movies right now that are uh, uh, playing around. You've got uh, the Black Dove, which you won Best Actor at the Houston International Film Fest, and Sweetwater. Uh, uh, they can find these, by the way, on on uh, on the uh, biography page at at my website at the interviews blog with with your name on it, John Savage. The last this year, year huh? this year has been just so exciting. We're with stuff that you know over the last almost two years now. I've been working with uh, a lot of uh, new directors and and uh, younger uh, uh, actors and people with these interesting projects, and they it seems like in the last two months they've all begin to show up at film festivals all over the country and California, and uh, I've really just enjoyed seeing most of them. Uh, seeing uh, actually now we've got a, I think how many now a few we've got. Uh, the films uh, that you mentioned, uh, this one I saw yesterday at the uh, Newport Film Festival. I, I was never just going to mention. <laughs> yeah, you Go were ahead. just going to mention. Uh, was, the summer song. I, I wasn't sure what the film was. It was two years ago. <laughs> and I remembered uh, as we started to see the film and meet some of the folks uh, in the, that we filmed in, uh, in Cape Cod. And it, I started to say to you, uh, earlier that it was a young people movie. There are young people in the movie, but no one under the age of 21 should go to see this movie again. <laughs> kind of wild. The kids were just incredible, and it was very, very moving, and it has some laughs, but it was so well edited by the young director, and um, there were just a bunch of great folks in the movie, so I would look out for Summer Song. It was beautiful. 
And it's at the Newport Film Festival right now in uh, in, in, in yeah, tomorrow, California. Tomorrow uh, or, or Thursday, I'm sorry, at 7:30, it'll be showing at the Newport Film Festival. And there's a lot of other good films there. I, I really enjoyed their list. Oh, that's so cool. Now you have another. I mean, you've got. It must be exciting. I, I would think you've got another movie, Small Town, called Descent. It won Best Narrative Film at the Pan African Film Fest in L.A. It's a, as you said, it was a South African production. Um, you've got that. You have uh, The Last Gamble, which uh, won uh, what the New York uh, International Film Festival's uh, Best Film. You know, we mentioned Sweetwater, Black Dove, where you won, you know, Best Actor in Houston International. It must be nice to, to have all that happening in a short period of time. Well, the fact that they're not only, it's nice, but that they're really, I think, very good projects. It's so diverse. Um, I mean, I, and, you know, it, it took uh, some time and some effort to make them, but uh, the fact that they're all kind of in the same year for me, is uh it's really a laugh. I mean uh I'm enjoying just all of these different projects having come together. It's a big deal to actually finish a project and make it work. And the uh the efforts that were put into these projects by these younger, I would say, uh directors, some second first film time for them. Um, all of them were young. The, I was going to say the small town called Descent. I knew of this young fellow before he was a teenager, uh, or at least the community and the people, and probably his parents, when I was in South Africa for several years, uh, just touring different areas. He didn't have a school in his area, I think, when he was a kid. He did go to school and college outside of the community and had support from the white community uh, in South Africa to put his own life on film in a way his 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 point of view after the uh the change of uh, government and uh some of the areas where he now yeah, has a voice and his generation have a voice to express their feelings about their own community and maybe some corruption or uh some of the difficulties being faced by the uh their generation and uh, their communities uh, you know, he puts it in, into a movie that I thought was very, very beautifully made. And uh, some difficulties in the film uh, of people were well expressed. So you, you you feel a personal, I did anyway, I felt a personal uh, compassion. And uh, I identified with it in its own way. A lot of times truths can be very near to home. Uh, and we, by putting it into a story that's far away, we uh, we get a uh, we get some kind of a sense of our own world. You know, we can, we can identify with other people. Uh, we can uh, they can help us identify with situations in our own world that, that we may be not overlooking. You know, newspapers are easy to read in the morning, but a lot of times you go to, you got to go to that community and have dinner with those folks and get to know their kids, and what they're going through, and that was what the film did for me. It was fun. That's really cool. I mean, you know, and, you know, it's, 
Well, let, let me ask you kind of a, a kind of a political question. I mean, it seems that whenever our country gets in a tight spot, one of the first things they do is they cut funding for the arts. They, you know, I mean, it's the same thing corporations do. They cut funding for training. They cut what they consider frivolous, you know, parties. Anything that makes the worker feel good because you can't be letting people off and, and celebrating at the same time and stuff like that. And so, yes. you know, movies are oftentimes treated, you know, with disdain. We don't we don't have a national policy like Canada or Britain or Australia or some of these places where funding our film or, you know, uh, an incentives program and that is kind of left up to the states. And anyway, but you're it's, but you're so right. I mean, films put us in touch with our culture, with different peoples. We yeah, get to, and we do it. You know, I think this is one of the things that, whatever the this uh, smoke screen is that we have of big industry and major stock markets, uh, you know, ups and downs and all of this political dialogue and everything else, there's actually a country here. And like many other places in the world, uh, there are people in this country. We end up, uh, you know, kind of getting very frustrated in our personal lives, but we also have a network through our institutions, churches, synagogues, schools, um, community uh, centers, and things like that, that we uh, we can cross our own borders within our countries of community, and uh, we do, and uh, people make, you know, contact, and we tell stories, so this, uh, this, the very power of what America is, is seen in other countries, when you get to travel, you realize that uh, people have a great deal of um, respect, awe, anger at our government, not our people, um, and that's you know that's the way life goes. I mean, we I'm not dismissing the fact that I I feel we need to stand like there are this. I think it's a law now in some states in the South. Stand your own ground, which this well, fellow, geez, yeah. Zimmerman uh, is yeah. uh, in the middle of now with that controversy, and I really pity that whole situation. It's a very, very wrong situation. And I'm I'm really respecting the uh African American community again because we have we have distances in this community as close as we all are, um, you know, between different levels of uh society. And people have a lot of courage, you know, within those communities, whether they're you know, I see a lot of generosity in a lot of areas that we criticize with the wealth and the uh, the Republican uh, neocon and all that, those groups and whatever. I also see a lot of uh, people that are very, uh, are wondering why aren't we paying a little more tax? Uh, we hear that from Mr. Buffett. Why aren't we contributing more to our arts, to our, basically to our education? You know, and people say, what's the big deal? What, what's, what good is it going to do anybody to give them more education? to make sure they get educated. Well, do you know how few people are graduating, even from school, that can read? Um, there's, a, there's a tendency to overlook the basic need to, uh, to have some self-respect, uh, which can be found in many ways. I mean, it doesn't have to come from just good grades, and that, too, is a problem in our schools where we emphasize certain areas of education over others. I mean... The very idea of working with others, um, being in a community of uh, workers and friends, um, I think we have that uh, very strong element in our country which gets put down by comments of uh, whatever, you know, uh, uh, more, uh, let's say, uh, 
self-interests that may have more interest in just their own profit uh, schemes or whatever. We have we have our community, not not communism. We have communities. We have uh, uh, very strong communities. We have we have a union workforce. Um, that's not a threat to anybody. That's actually a support system for the infrastructure of this country and the people in it. You know, unions are a good idea. Uh, they can be strong. Um, I mean, there are tremendous, uh, you know, conflicts sometimes between union and, and uh, corporate uh, structures. But there are issues that need to be faced, whether it's corporate corruption, corporate abuse. Um, right now we have the lack of, I feel, what we need. We, we let go of since the Ronald Reagan administration. He was a wonderful man, actually, uh, in his own way. I mean, uh, the, uh, what is it called, the deregulations and all those things. Well, that affects a lot of stuff. I mean, you have, uh, you know, chemical pollution. You have... You know, a lot of effects from food pollution or just lack of uh, over, over, you know, corporate stuff with that. And it affects people. So that's, that's you know, to make a shortcut to the arts, our reflection of our society and how, what, what goes on in it is there. It's in the stories. You won't see it in all the big, you know, multi-million dollar action movies that much uh, because they're, one, it's cotton candy, you know, for the, for the, uh, sugar addicted group and really? uh it's 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 great you know it's fun but after one i see kids walking out of movies after 10 minutes because they can do most of that stuff with interactive uh, computer or uh, games at home but uh you know and they get a little bit tired sometimes i remember one kid going to a phone a movie i walked out of also and he was there asking his mom to pick him up he said the graphics were too much you know what i mean mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. He was able to to uh, to realize and put a thought process together of why he was disturbed. So you know, a lot of kids don't, and they become uh, completely infatuated. And you know, some of them get something out of that. They become great, you know, jet pilots or whatever, where you do need that kind of interaction and immediate response, clarity. And um, but again, there's other areas to life. We all have our, I think every person in the world has their ability or their talent or their story uh, to be able to identify with any truth, like I was saying about looking at a movie even from another country in another place in the world. You can sense sometimes the truth of your own or in your own world. And uh, so I love the arts and uh, I love film and theater. But- I you know I appreciate that and I always think that we we always have it backwards. I mean if if I mean think of Einstein and all the beautiful you know quotes quotables that he he left us about you know science and art and mystery and 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 uh, awakening and and think, up I to think new he ideas. What would become of his studies of his desire to find the use of the atom uh, as a source of uh, bringing a- actually his desire I think was to not split the atom as much as to find ways to bring it together, uh, yeah. not create the explosion eventually that would would be the result of splitting the atom. Right. You think you knew what would be used 
uh, from his 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 uh, scientific um, exploration and discoveries. I don't know. I, yeah, I keep, me either. I mean, I, I, I think he would shudder. Yeah, nuclear um, power plants breaking down. We have radiation on the beaches of California. People don't talk about that much now, but the Japanese uh, uh, terrible tsunami they had that right. led to the. They have so many uh, areas now of concern with that plant falling apart. It's still falling apart, and if it continues, and if there is another large quake, it could destroy the world. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, yeah. Sadly, sadly, it sure could. So we're building big battleships and making movies about battleships and lots of fun and excitement going on with our tremendous military now in the world and. And our, of course, we're probably one of the most uh, most uh, uh, profitable areas. I would suggest investing more in military and in oil. But as far as going to the movies, I'm really enjoying making stories about the people in the world and how it affects the small, the, the more local stories. And, uh, oh, that's very cool. Uh, that's very cool, and it, and it does. I mean, I, I you know, I, I mean, my my uh, my question about the about culture and about people giving up. I think you know when people, I think everybody. I mean, and I I've, I've thought this all my life. Should take acting or dance or music. They should be involved in the arts. It helps unleash creativity. And and the schools cut out the arts. And the recesses are short. I think recesses should be far longer kids should be out playing and using their bodies during the day and not just sitting and reading and learning math and and that kind of stuff that when you stimulate the mind creatively through the through uh, different artistic approaches and through physical activity and exercise you get much brighter students than the, than the kids who sit there all day long in the classroom and yeah. and 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 the movies that you're doing you know also with you know the, the smaller That's, movies about the lives of people you go to other countries like living in South Africa for years you see, like with children, what what the what the image whatever is going on in America gives them some kind of inspiration, and they're not really sure. Maybe it's the sports, maybe it's the music, maybe it's the hip hop, maybe it's uh, something having to do with uh, just the image of America. And you watch kids run up to an American or someone who's who's new to the community. Young kids, because maybe there's resentment in the older kids, where somehow uh-huh. that's a process of growth with all teenagers. But there, there is this, you know, this clothing thing, and and uh, what is it to be like an American? And it's an inspiring energy. And you see kids playing, and that hope is in their play. That hope is in their their joy of a new world, and uh, it may mean just the the idea of getting a pair of sneakers. Um, or something that's American. Now that that area of excitement is becoming stronger in a lot of places in the world that are growing economically and and uh, financially. You know, in order to invest in their communities, hopefully more. But again, there's uh, this question as to is it all about money, or there there's some areas that just are not going to be financially. Uh, really, you know, growing exponentially uh, very quickly, but they do have character. There may be agricultural communities that are small 
and uh, they do have a sustenance uh, lifestyle, but they have schools too, and kids are writing, and kids are being creative, and they're doing stuff there. And uh, I just uh, I was so impressed with some of those communities that are what we would say, oh, they're poor. No, I have seen poor. I have seen dirt poor. I have seen the uh, inability in my own country of children to ever be really connected with their parents or their family because they're they're working as best they can in other states or trying to find uh, employment uh, at a low wage somewhere, non-union, from employers that will pay them or keep them working until they can get what they want and then report them to the immigration services so they have to be shipped out again, and they'll be back. You know, this country has so much to offer, and right now we are all struggling a little bit with with some kind of balance in our lives, and I think we're finding it because of that. We're finding each other a little bit more, and that's a hopeful statement. I know that uh-huh. there could be uh, some nut taking off and burning a house down in some neighborhood, and then the whole world will focus on that with their cameras. But I don't want that to happen. I really pray that it doesn't. Because uh, I think this is a time for coming together, as they say. Awesome. Well, that, that's uh, you know, uh, again, uh, uh, adversity can bring people together as much as it can separate them. It takes, uh, I think, strength of character and a willingness to, to you know, congregate and 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 hopefully it's just not like like minds in my group versus like minds in some other group, you know, but that somehow we we can all rise above it. And become like-minded when it comes to important issues, uh, you know, in our in our country and and, and those facing the world. I, I want to take you back a second, John, uh, and, and go back to you burst on the screen and screen back in the '70s in a, in, a, in one of the, I sat in the theater. You know, uh, uh, when the movie opened in Los Angeles, I sat in the theater. Uh, a very disturbing movie called The Deer Hunter. Uh, juxtaposing, uh, you know, life at a wedding with the the horrors of Vietnam. Uh, tell me, um, uh, for the listeners, just a, a bit about your starting in acting and and the and 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 how you got Deer Hunter and how that all came about. And oh, it was uh, really just another one of those great like now, just seeing some things come together. You have those valleys and then you have those peaks in your life uh, I had uh, just the opportunity to work with some great people in that movie and uh, just a wonderful director I really uh, I thought Mike Cimino's work is for me very significant and it was interesting when you you say disturbing the film really affected a lot of different communities when in my you know in different ways but most people even from uh, racially different communities. It was supposed to be like a Russian-American Orthodox uh, steelworker community, Um, Pennsylvania. We did film it in Mingo Junction there. and um, The family uh, community thing was was experienced because of that time, like it is today in our world, with uh, uh, the effect of all of our... um, uh, Involvement in the world and kids going on, well, young people being, you know, sent all over the world. Um, it affects affects everybody, you know, for the uh, these uh, 
situations that are going on. And uh, and the economy, same same thing, was, was affected then. I think our, our steel industry uh, went overseas. And, um, I, I, you know, I see a lot of different people in different communities. After having seen that film, that's what they, they identified with, was the effect on the families uh-huh. that go on. Um, but, uh, gosh, I, I started actually working, oh, years before, uh, I was lucky enough to have a, a household that was very. My mom uh, was a was a f- trained opera singer, but she loved the music, and she's a tiny little lady, um, and uh, she would play music all the time. I I, I started out as a kid. I started out uh, with uh, reading, and. Uh, just imagining, I had been hospitalized a lot as a little boy from different things. I was a preemie, my, my pre, premature baby. My sister died. Uh, oh, wow. I, I was lucky enough to survive, you know, the incubator thing for a couple months and then came out with some deformities, not deformities. I, my deformities are in my brain, but my... Uh, my uh, lungs were weak and I, I, had to, I got pneumonia and I got a lot of sickness, so I was then I got polio when a couple of years later. I mean, that was that period in our country when we had that big, uh, uh, not an, well, an epidemic. You know, we really faced right. that here as a nation well. And we, uh, I was in an iron lung. So I was reading very young. My mom had me listening to music and reading books, like, by the time I was four. And right. uh, that was it. I was gone into another world. I was in a fantasy world, and I loved to pretend and um, it led me to, uh, you know, doing uh, a lot of reading. And then uh, I got into uh, music by way of some folks that encouraged my parents to let them work with me uh, and teach. I have great teachers, you know, who uh, were, were very supportive as a kid. And I did some theater and worked. I built marionettes really young and did marionette shows, kept them and built my little troupe. Uh, later on, I did uh, street theater, as, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, with these marionettes all over different projects in New York as a young teenager. And uh, But as a preteen, they started working with me, uh, training me with the uh, singing. And after a couple of years, or a year or two, I was uh, cutting demo records with these, with these folks for people like our friends in Las Vegas, uh, some of our famous artists, uh, Dean Martin or... Um, or uh, other folks, uh, you know, that were popular then. I remember Wayne Newton uh, was getting started about that time. But they were involved with the music business. And uh, so at about 16, 14 years old, I had a record that was uh, out. It was, uh, I don't want to go into what it was about. It's, uh, it was a sweet Christmas song. I want my mommy and daddy for Christmas. Oh, Lord, please send them to me. Never mind. That was a good song. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when I sang in nightclubs, like 14, 15 years old. Wow. And then uh, that was it. I was in. I was pretty much on my way to being into, I went into Broadway shows. I was in Fiddler on a Roof. After doing off-Broadway for a couple of years and doing some fun musicals and uh the Hostage and some other stuff. I went on Broadway uh, with the Fiddle on the Roof, 
right after its opening, I took uh, I took a place in the chorus and went on to become a member of the cast and uh, dancing and singing. And I did an audition uh, after that for or during that I forget for uh, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I was so honored to be accepted and get a scholarship. I was in the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Well, they turned out to be just the greatest people and a lot of fun, greatest teachers, all different kinds of uh, theatrical studies and dance and fencing. And I continued to work on the side because I got married at about 18, 17. Wow. I was together with a woman and that uh, is one of the favorite people in my life, if not the number one. Wow. Uh, with wow. Sue and I had two kids, but we went on to be uh, mutually involved with uh, some small uh, productions. We worked up in Cape Cod in uh, a theater there, the Dennis Playhouse. And, you know, I actually uh, did about a few years' work before The Deer Hunter. I was all over the country with plays, and Jane Fonda saw me in one in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Ann Arbor. Michigan, and uh, it was an original play, and uh, I became involved with the movie uh, out there. I got uh, some folks, uh, two wonderful managers saw me in New York, and I eventually ended up out there in California in my first movie with Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland and Peter Boyle, and I had uh, what became actually a small role um, that was... I think really fun. The, the movie was just a blast. Uh, it looks a little weird, kind of a takeoff. Uh, well, it was like uh, it was a West Coast kind of a '60s movie. Um, the uh, Alan, uh, the director, uh, was involved with the committee up in San Francisco at that time. Some people might have remembered might, might remember back then when um, you know the, at Yale with uh, Robert Brewstein with a Meryl Streep uh, went to school. His theater there was uh, doing very innovative productions and plays. As it, on the West Coast, there were experimental theater, and of course in Chicago, a great deal of uh, the, the uh, what was it called? The uh, I did some work with the uh, with uh, the folks from. That uh, um, slipped my mind, but uh, Valerie Harper and other folks came from that group, and we met here oh, the, like, later on. Oh, I Go ahead. I'm I'm not sure that I know. I was going to say MGM, but yeah. and uh, but the, the that film was like part of that group of uh, theater, and I just kept doing films after that and television and running back and forth with theater and the play that I did in New York that led to the two um, wonderful movies, Hair and The Deer Hunter, was David Mamet's play that he had uh, started out with in Chicago. American Buffalo, and uh, the directors, uh, Milos Foreman and Mike Cimino, had come to see the play and approached me for their films, and it was wow. an ordinary experience, yeah. Wow. Well, you you did. I mean, uh, you know, if, if people go and look at your IMDb, you know, uh, credits, you had a number, you had a number of film and even television and TV series prior to The Deer Hunter. And yet you you exploded it. How old were you when you did the Deer Hunter? You remember you were? No, I think I was twenty four. I'm not sure. 
No, I was older than that. I was about 25, I think, 27, maybe. And, um, you know, and here you are, the deer hunter, and again, you know, but I mean... I was yeah. born in 1949, so I can't really add or subtract quickly, but somewhere, I think the film was in 73, or it was released. Um, I don't remember. We filmed it in 73. It might have been released later. Yeah, here they have on IMDb, it says 78 when it came out. Um oh. And uh, but at, at any rate, I was just gonna say. I mean, at twenty twenty four or twenty five, you're doing the deer hunter. You're you know, and at that time there was De Niro and Walken and you know and uh, 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 George Desunda. I mean, all these different people that you're working with in Chimino, you know. And and I can remember you know sitting in you know the theater and 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 you know being disturbed by the the war and the and the, the horrors of everything that happens. And the, you a vet? The, huh? No, you're too young. Am I a vet? Yeah. I, you know, no, I'm not a vet. I, I, I was. My lottery number was high, and okay. and they started withdrawing the troops. So no, I did not. I did not get called, and I did not join. And uh, so I, I spent all my time, which is inter- which is an interesting thing because the most disturbing part to that film for me was when, uh, you know, you're in the wedding, and then and then ultimately, fairly rapidly, you know, they're they're flame throwing out in you know out in the jungle. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know. I mean, it 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 made me appreciate so much not having to have gone, you know, and and to admire all the people that did and who had to or who joined to do it. And uh, I will say this: my kid, you know, my kids and and their friends that play these, uh, you know, uh, video games now on PlayStation and Xbox, you know, uh, I don't know, Call of Duty and and uh, I don't know what they're all are. I you know I've watched them play or I've tried to play and I go and I just go I am so glad uh, that I am not in that situation I am so glad I, I mean you know if I play the game with my kids I'm I'm dead in a second you know and I just it's just it's uh, painful yeah we used to play uh, cowboys and Indians and <laughs> well, that I did I, our little outfits of uh, and our little right. pistols sometimes we just made them out of sticks. And uh, bang, fall down, roll. It was play, you know. Right. I think it's always good for kids to play, and I think it's also good for good for kids to learn about, you know, the weapons that do exist and know how to handle them and respect them. Sure. Because they're all over the place for Pete's sake. Um, I've seen Boy, sure you know, neighborhoods little kids playing with their older brother's little pistol or something like that. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, but uh, it, it's there, and uh, I feel badly about it. And I also see people who, like now, we have this fear that's everywhere. It's on TV. It's in the radio. Oh, man, chill. You know, everybody's planning on getting ready for the big collapse or this or that. It happens. Things go through, you know, changes. The world is going through a change. I wish they'd catch up with that. Um, I mean, the Mayans had a wonderful calendar. The unfortunate part of that was it weighed five tons, and the ages that were listed in that calendar predicted and exclaimed, uh, you know, very clearly that the world changes. uh, The ages before, it was almost like 150,000, 150 years, excuse me, 150 years of uh, calendar. And the world didn't end, it changed. So they moved. You can't carry a five-ton calendar. 
So that that's that's a bit of weirdness right there. Anyway, and the, our years are all questionable as far as how they may have changed since that time and leap years and stuff like that. But we're going through a world change again, you know, with yeah. climate and uh, the tilts of the earth and the sun and those things that happen over periods of years um, affects changes. And we do have changes on our earth that we can be more aware of, and yet we have to work with them, not not try to avoid or fight against it, I think. Uh, we uh, we can use our, you know, our God-given gifts of uh, brain power to readjust our thinking, maybe when it comes to how our food and where our food is grown and how the water supply is changing and how to preserve and protect our Mother Earth. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not a sissy thing to think in terms of our future or the uh, future of our children and theirs. Um, I think we have a lot of good men today working at that. And uh, very good women, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, That's one of the ways I've seen countries change, like South Africa and, oh gosh, Mexico, which I love. I love Mexico, and our relationship there has really got to be looked at a lot closer. Um, they're our brother and sister down there, and uh, they're not down there, they're here. We have a community of practically every country in the world in this country. And our closest neighbor right now is our perhaps most important friend. You know, all those countries with big weapons and, you know, big corporate uh, connections and all that stuff, I'm, I'm fine. They're, they're fine. I'm, I really respect them. But I think our closest neighbor, our, our little brother maybe, who is very tough and very strong, uh, needs us more than anything right now, and we need them. Uh, People don't realize the workforce and the tremendous, wonderful community contributing to the foundation and the strength of this country. Um, The South American, we are Norte Americano, Mm -hmm. that is Sudamericano, South American, but Mexico is our little brother, as are many of the states and countries to our south. So, you know, there's good people there and children, and they're going to grow up, and we're going to be working more, I hope, uh, recognizing the uh, uh, the power <clears throat> that we have working with our continent here, uh, both to the north and to the south, in many ways. But let's uh, let's think just basically in terms of communities, and the uh, need for education and clean water and earth. Uh, I think the, the huge, this too big to fail concept has been growing through, you know, financial uh, powers that grow bigger and bigger uh, and are very, you know, pleased with success, financially anyway, and the bottom line. And the bottom line is if we destroy the smaller countries or the smaller states or the smaller neighborhoods or the family structures that don't have that financial um, uh, strengths or power to manipulate and control the lives they live, then we will lose everything we have, including our wealth. So I think it's time for people themselves to peacefully congregate 
as I've seen in other countries, and let their voices be heard uh, for the very positive and constructive areas in in, uh, in need, whether that's it's community uh, support, uh, where you have people falling through the cracks because of finance, because of romance, because of uh, drugs, alcohol, or mental disorder. You know, these are people, and these are communities that all uh, are affected by, you know, the emotional stress of uh, everything from money to war to sickness or emotional uh, and mental uh, disorder. We got we got good people in this country to just uh, reach out, and I think this is just uh, the greatest time right now where we'll start seeing more of America, and we might have some hot spots. Uh, we do have those ups and downs, too. So, um, you know, we might have some, you know, healing to do. But, uh, you know, I I encourage the arts for kids and, and theater and writing. And I'd like to see more of that in our schools where people are encouraged to express themselves or find helping them to express themselves. I mean, sometimes I work with a lot of vets, not a lot, but uh, I work with people. I've seen them. I put kids on buses to go away who come back, uh, you know, heroes with having lost their limbs. I have a picture of a young fella hero I've lost touch with who got a purple heart, and I have this picture. I'm looking at it uh, almost uh, every other day. And, uh, you know, I know his dad actually lost uh, control of his life after his son lost his legs. But these are little heroes. I go, I, not little, I mean, I, they're younger than me. And anybody younger than me, I can say, it's, uh, is, you know, like I, I patronize. <laughs> I understand. No, they're, whatever that meaning is, uh, I think there's some great people out there. My dad served in the Corps in the Guadalcanal. He had rough nights, some nights, and uh, he lost his squad. Um could have been killed, and, you know, the Marines were just a few hundred yards away from each other there, and they couldn't get really too close to each other for a while until the Army showed up and was able to uh, secure their their situation. Um, You know, my grandpa before him uh, was in in, uh, Cuba as a boy, Young man, my dad was only seventeen in the corps, but he was big, six foot six, big tough kid. Oh wow! Wow. And uh, my grandpa was at, in Cuba as a spotter, spotting for Roosevelt's uh, shooters, running back and forth. He was a champion runner. He used to joke about he'd, he'd be taken to other schools to run and be given a fake name because there was always a betting thing going on among uh, the schools uh, on the, the runners and the uh, different races. But he went in, uh, got picked up, and went off to uh, train for a little while, I think, out in the Midwest, and then went into uh, back in on a train with some horsemen and stuff to go to Cuba. And I don't know how old he was, but I don't think he was older than 15. And then he went on to uh, the First World War to fight there, and he got gassed. Uh, not a, not a, not many men. Uh, not pleasant. Let's put it that way. And maybe you don't. I don't think people survived from some of that experience, that experience with that uh, terrible gas. 
But uh, he did, and he uh, ended up raising his own kids. Uh, his wife left him at the time. Pretty beautiful woman. My dad's real mom. All my aunts are beautiful, or were beautiful. Some of them are still here, and they're beautiful. And she took off with a rich guy, and he raised his kids, and they had to send them off to the Second World War, all of them. They all served. Um, you know, this is a country that's been through stuff, and we have the worst loss in our history in our own civil war. Uh, I mean, it's in, it's in, indescribable what this country's been through. Um, and we have come through situations. We're still here. We're not going to fold, you know. Um, I don't believe this country's going to fall apart ever. I think that this will. We're, we're going through changes as a, as a as a new. Uh, for me, it's a, it's something that's been an em, a symbol for a lot of places in the world. You know, there's people out there in Eastern Europe and oh, this guy, this little uh, country called. Um, I forgot how to pronounce it. Say the word Hanukkah or something near. Um, I didn't mean to curse there. That was not not an intention. But the uh, the uh, area near Uzbekistan that pretty much has no infrastructure anymore. It used to have beautiful buildings, and I've got a French uh, director woman that we're going to try to do a documentary there. Um, these people vote. Because with scrap paper, they still they had lost their uh, power for uh, you know uh, water for for uh, housing, and they have to get their water from buckets. Uh, so they have to walk to get buckets of water, and uh, their their uh, their power, electric power, is gone. And uh, this because of the fall of the Soviet uh, Union and the infrastructures in some parts of the world in that area, which are growing again, like Kazakhstan is a wonderful country. I got to spend time there. Uh, and uh, they have great uh, wealth uh, potential with their uh, infrastructure there. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it'll stay secure. So, uh, uh, you know, we got guys now coming home like they did in the movie The Deer Hunter after having served and not knowing where they're going to get a job and not really knowing what to do with themselves. And as I was going to say about this young fellow who's lost his arms and legs or his arm and his legs, uh, you know, I see some of these guys actually get out and, and look at the snow with some of these Marines who uh, lost their legs from the Vietnam War. And uh, with the support of other Marines, they... Uh, have found a way to enjoy their life. They get out and they can actually ski with these yeah. little these little uh, things they've managed to put together and have a blast and just be free and uh, fall down, manage to get themselves back up. And they're actually, what was it, yesterday, they had these incredible races. Oh, my gosh, here in California. I forgot the name of it. Uh, I couldn't go. <coughs> Involved. I'm going to be involved with a veterans, uh, disabled veterans activity, on the 10th, I think, of this month. Uh, and I don't like to say disabled, but the the fact is, these guys have tough uh, barriers to overcome, you know. And uh, you know, it gives inspiration. You just, it's one of the most powerful forces in the world. 
to see an inspired soul, whether it's a child or someone who's found a career in the middle of a totally impoverished area, something that gives them a sense of identity and strength, I would like some of our more powerful, rich people in the world to visit some of these communities if they haven't, and some of them have, and they've it's changed their perspectives, and they're doing wonderful things with their financial success, even at this time of change and loss in some cases. Uh, there are just great uh, discoveries, you know, through the accomplishments that these folks have to make. They have to overcome personally. Well, God bless them, you know. We Absolutely. have. We, I still got my arms and my legs, man. I'm still breathing. You know, and uh, I go up and down. I can go up and down pretty quick. You know, I'm an actor. I live in a fantasy world most of the time, and I get uh, expectations somewhere out there in outer space, uh, disappointments. But I'm so grateful, you know. I've got these grandkids and beautiful kids and ex-wives that we can still talk, and we do. And, uh, heck, I'm still working, dude. You know, I'm having a blast. I get to work with these young people, and I forget, you know. I'm I'm not that age anymore, but I'm still having a blast making <laughs> movies with people, and they don't know it's all impossible. They're doing it. And uh, talking to people on the computer now, you know, this is weird. It's great. I can actually Skype somebody, look at them <laughs> on the phone. This is fantasy world. This is space age. So there are some people who don't have computers and don't have cell phones. And uh, like I saw in South Africa, and for some reason they managed to communicate within a few hours hundreds of miles away that there are fires going on and people need help and they get support. You know, right. this kind of, I call it's mostly I, I consider it to be the woman's way of telephoning. That for some reason they just managed to pass the message, you know, without a telephone. And uh, this is kind of uh, the way the arts are, too. Uh, we make movies. We share the company of others uh, in our sharing stories. And uh, it's, it's just, for me, it's just the greatest thing I've ever been able to do next to... And the music in that film that I saw yesterday. This one, the girl, my, one of my daughters in the movie, plays. I got her to play the cello because she could play it well. And uh, she she wanted to. So of all my kids that I have in the movie, she plays this cello. Oh, every time you hear that music, it's just so beautiful. It's so powerful. Oh, it was such a such a great feeling to see these people doing such great work, and uh, to be a part of it. Oh, I'm not, I'm kind of like the crazy goofy guy. It's a little bit. A little bit strange and violent. Some great acting by young folks, though. Summer song. Very great. cool. Yeah. Very cool. John, I'm going to have to take a short break here, but before I do, I, I just want to say that, you know, what I enjoy so much about you is, is that you do. You put you, you, you put your money where your mouth is. You are you're, you are sensitive to the to the situations around the world. You you have gone to Africa and places, you know, you, you jump in. You're, you're not a stranger to adversity yourself or to the hardship of others. You, you're an empathetic soul, and and you're very positive. You, you know, you you have a, an enlightened outlook and an optimism that is that is truly uh, a, a wonderful thing to 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 discover and to find 
Um, especially, you know, I mean, you look at this day and age as a time of excitement. Other people may look at it as a time of, of difficulty. I mean, you know, so, uh, but I really do. I respect it. I really like that, and I appreciate that. I'm going to come back, and I want to ask you a question when I get back. Uh, yeah, Rex. Go ahead. What? Thank you, Rex. You know, I I had I, I have to work at that, though, you know, <laughs> every day. I hear you. And you got such a great show going here. God bless you. I'm going to tell you know my cousins live in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. I want to say hi to the Cliffords. Oh, I shouldn't say their name, but they're just a great <laughs> family out there. If you can already delete that so they don't get bugged. But God bless you. I hope you, I'm going to tell them about this show. And uh, right. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right, we'll be right back with uh, Mr. John Savage. Uh, I want to tell you about my upcoming guest. My next guest is director Rex Piano. He's been on the show before. We've been talking about TV movies and TV directing and, and what it takes to direct. And uh, So he'll be coming back. Gordon Firemark follows him. He's been on the show before talking about the different ways of raising money for your feature films, as well as uh, the new changes in the uh, crowdfunding uh, potential of the Jobs Act that was passed recently. Following Gordon will be Sam Christensen. He's uh, originally was a casting director, then manager. He's a, a branding guru, uh, guru and image consultant and acting mentor. Uh, he'll be coming back. Clint Howard, the actor Ron Howard's brother, Clint Howard, uh, no stranger Clint. to – pardon me? Say hi to Clint. Oh, will do, will do. Uh, Clint, uh, please do. has hundreds of movies, uh, like John, in, in his background, so uh, – both prolific actors. I will do that. Nicholas Tabarak is a, 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 a well-versed producer. He's going to be following Clint. Uh, Kim Swanson is a casting director. She is in, uh, I believe, Missouri. I say Missouri. You say Missouri, however it is. Uh, she's out there. We're going to talk about uh, making it as an actor in a regional area and uh, whether or not you need to go to L.A. or, or how uh, projects are done from the Midwest. Peter Marshall will return for our director's series. And uh, we're continuing to talk about working with actors, blocking, and and filming them on set. Peter Foldy will be coming up after that. He's a musician and a uh, director himself. And so those are some of the people who will be joining us in May. Uh, And uh, I hope you'll stay tuned. I hope you'll spread the word. I hope you'll tweet about it and share it on your Facebook walls and, and do all that kind of stuff. And remember to leave comments about today's show. And each and every show and rate and review the podcast when you do. I want to tell you that John... Uh, has a Facebook friends page as well. So if you look up John Savage, the Facebook friends page, there's a black and white photo I've, uh, and a photo of you and uh, and uh, um, a headshot in the. What do they call it? They call it the cover. Is it a cover picture? Or I something? don't know. I've got I've got a daughter and a girlfriend that really helped me out with all they that stuff. They do that. Yeah. yeah. They do that. But that but that that is your new friends page, and so I thought I would mention that. And uh, and you've got other projects and things coming. John, let me ask you. I mean, what I wanted to say uh, earlier too, when I when I brought up Deer Hunter, not only was it disturbing, but I mean, for for me as a young actor, I'm 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 not that much younger than you, but I'm 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 younger, so I'm one of those little guys. But uh, so I watched you on that. You play a guy who's lost his legs. You know, very disturbing. And then the next time I see you on the big screen. You're belting out tunes in in you know Central Park. You're doing hair, you know, and I mean like I was like wow, and the guy can sing. I mean I was you know those were still the days I think when some people you know dub voices, but that was my first uh, you know inkling that that you uh, you know not knowing where you had come from in Broadway and singing and all that 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 here you know 
you were singing with all these guys and dancing around. I mean, what, a, what an impressive. And then you follow that by doing the Onion Field. Then you follow that by Inside Movies. I mean, you had these. So, I mean, right there, four, you know, powerful movies, one of which you sing. Have you sung in any other movies? I well, I did a TV film uh, that was just beautiful with Patricia Neal and Claude Akins, oh. and um, oh my gosh, um, my young brother, my young in film, he was my brother in the film. Uh, um, it called uh, oh, it was on the Hallmark Hall of Fame. I did the theme song in that movie. Uh, uh, it was about a young fellow who. It's a true story, actually. The Treat Williams from here went to school with the boy I played in that oh, film. Wow. Um, and my mind just went blank for a second, but it was a sure. beautiful little song. They did the uh, background music for that, and uh, that was on. Uh, that was uh, uh, before I got even to do. When did, when did I do that? I did it before the Deer Hunter. Um, but I, I and the director was wonderful. I think it won some Emmy or something. Um, Oh, and I love the movie, and I can't remember the name. And uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can find. I'll see if I can find I it for you while you're talking. Music. It's I, actually um, the movie, The Black Dove. I do blues stuff um, that uh, some some uh, interesting. Uh, it's not. It's not actually me singing, but it sounds better. So I mean, for that particular music, it was great, and uh, I enjoyed that movie a lot. The Black Dove is a, another one of those kind of off-center kind of films about a little town, well, a guy who grew, who comes to uh, success and ends up having to go to prison for 22 years. When he gets out, he goes right back to the same scene with his blues and his friends with some of the uh, greatest uh, African-American blues singers that are still alive in that four-corner state area around Cincinnati. Uh, we have a little bit of overlooked history right there and uh, it was a fun, fun little, another local kind of story about uh, uh, and using the music from that area, the Black Dove. That's where I got the Best Actor Award for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's Goodness very sake. cool. Yeah. Well, um, I should say, now let me also just check the clock here. We have about, um, let's say 15 minutes remaining in today's show. Time has gone by pretty quickly. Have you um, had ever, ever had anyone take their clothes off on the show? On the, ra- on the radio, uh, yeah, a lot of people, I guess, have been doing that, but uh, they don't—they don't announce it too much. <laughs> I just—I just lifted my shirt. I showed my whole. I'm wearing a bathing suit. I'm ready to go out swimming in the ocean, the freezing as it is. It's the best thing in the world for waking you up in the morning or getting you going. So the movie, by the way, the up. movie that you did with with Patricia Neal uh, was Eric. Eric, God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate that. That was and uh, my young friend who played my uh, younger brother in the movie went on to become a star in Star Wars. Um, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Wow. wow. Very cool. Very cool. Well, and you know, I, I will share this with you. Now, I, I knew Patricia Neal, and I and I did a film with her in '74 or something that Sam Christensen actually cast. And the, wow! And the uh, you don't see me in the film. I mean, it's not worth. But anyway, the point is is that uh, she was, uh, if I remember right, it was Maxim. 
she drank a freeze brand kind of coffee that she had right. done commercials for, and she she this was the only thing she would drink. I mean, if ever there was a spokesperson for a brand, it was this the only coffee she, could, she would drink. Yep, the only coffee, and she and she would smoke cigarettes. I ended up, we we went out a couple nights together while we had breaks and time days off, and we spent some time together up there. We we filmed the up in the state of co- the, uh, the coastal area, uh, Washington, the state of Washington. And she's a party girl. Uh-huh. She was a party girl. Yeah, we had just a lot of fun. She's laughing, laughing. We had a few drinks. I don't drink was, anymore, but I did then. She, no, she was just a great but, lady. I, I loved her, yeah. She always handed me her cigarettes, like right before I take. If if I was standing by the set, she'd go, darling, would you hold this? And she would hold it. And I told friends yeah. of mine that. And, and for about three or four years in the 70s, actor friends of mine would, would search me out and go, Come, hold my cigarette, darling. Would you hold my cigarette or whatever? And, right. Um, I bet she was a, a great lady. Well, let me ask you this, John. In the, in the last 15 minutes or so, because we'll have you back on the show. There's so much to talk about. There's so many different things. Um, you know, in terms of what's going on in the world and the number of films that you got going, and I want to hear more about those and the upcoming projects. But let me I, let me ask. Go yeah. ahead. I forgot all my talking points. <laughs> well, let's 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 go through and let's, let's see for for actors today. What do you think? Uh, you know, in terms of somebody starting out or somebody pursuing a career, uh, you have any uh, suggestions or any advice for uh, you know? Um, actors today or filmmakers today, because you also produce and you also, you've done production management and things like that. Let's, you know, by what the, bringing projects together or helping other people to do that. And uh, as far as being involved with films, sometimes getting, there's so many different areas as far as being a producer. Uh, there's people with the money, that's the number one producer, and then there's people who are working to bring a film to the point of getting money involved or to work in locations uh, or to introduce to people to extend uh, the contacts uh, for working in locations. I've done all that with money or with location work. And it's sometimes it's just because I'm an actor and I want a job. I want to work with that particular project um, because I love it. And uh, there's, there's all different forms of uh, acting that I would suggest to check out the uh, some of the athletes I know because of their discipline with health, body. Um, you know, they even have football players that are dancing now, learning right. their studying their moves, building their uh, flexibility and strengthening actually some of the more sensitive connections in their body, not just their muscles, uh, where you have tendons and and muscle connections and bones and stuff, uh, joints that don't get exercised enough in the lower weight or the lower stress areas uh, to build their strengths, where you have all these strong muscles that basically just rip them apart if they're pulled and moved wrong. So the preparation as an actor is pretty much the same because you want to be prepared on stage or in film or television, all of them, to... The, be challenged physically uh, and to be relaxed and to be prepared. You know, your preparation uh, vocally, your preparation um, and training is important to be free, you know, so to, you can move and speak and think 
uh, as needed or to be able to summon that sense of security if you have a panic attack, uh, which can happen in different ways. Um, you know, you have a panic attack on stage, you forgot your words, huh? you know, forgetting to breathe, concentration, patience and tolerance with yourself, and you will be jacked up with energy uh, so they be being able to control that energy, whether you're standing and waiting for the director and other people, and suddenly you're put into a position where it's action, you know, and it's all up to you, and you have to be there right away. You know, wait a minute, you guys all had your time. Give me a second or two, <laughs> you know. No, we're rolling. Hurry up. Shoot. Uh, it can It can be a little bit disturbing. And you've got to have the tools and the preparation there to be able to glide through those moments, you know. And it's not easy when you are vulnerable as an actor to respond to the moment, to be there, as they say, to do the work and uh, honestly bring the words to uh, their, their, uh, <clears throat> their real place, their most honest place. And sometimes technique... You'll be doing uh, words that you've, lear you've learned, and they don't seem as close to the heart as they might have been, or they might possibly be, but the techniques of preparation can help that, and being free from your concern about getting uh, too tense about uh, that, and that can happen. You get too, too involved, too self-centered. It happens to me every once in a while. It used to happen more when I was younger, but it can still happen where because I'm there for spontaneity and I've been prepared and I'm waiting, somebody moves a lamp. I remember there was a uh, a great actor who they did this terrible thing. They, they taped him yelling at someone from a department who moved something while he was doing his scene. And that doesn't mean anything. It happens. Sometimes a light might be just someone, I mean, like uh, the chief gaffer or director might say, move the light, he's not, he stepped out of the hot spot, or he's not in a hot spot, and they do that. So that kind of thing may happen. Oh, it can be so distracting from your senses that were keyed into the world you had prepared and built. Eh, you know, I, give, I love that expression. I have my my Italian father, first father-in-law father of my my lovely uh, man who's gone now, Italian. And when situations were really flambasted uh, or flam flabbergasted and whatever, everything was going with all the girls that he had and all the kids and grandkids and this and that, and he would cook in the kitchen, he'd just throw his hands up in the air and go, eh, <laughs> that's life. You know, and we do make mistakes, or we do stumble and we fall. We pick ourselves up, take a breath, you know, and the pressure you might feel at any moment as an actor can be overwhelming. You know, and I've seen people, men too, just so oh, put their head in their hands and they need help. Help me. I'm a six foot six, multiple, uh, uh, you know, uh, Academy Award winner and athlete, or I've won awards and I'm smart and I'm this and that, and I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> you know, it's all falling apart. You don't want that to happen too much, but, uh, you know, being able to laugh stuff off and come back and start again, that's pretty much the name of the game with that. 
So as a young actor who knows no fear, uh, you will go through changes or levels of growth. And even guys in their later years, the wonderful part of this business is that. You know, you have your ups and downs. The downs can be more exciting and more fulfilling in their craziness than sometimes even those wonderful flamboyant rich uh, uh, kind of exciting big budget stuff that goes on with parties and things and all that stuff. Well, sometimes the very low budget, smaller family feeling, films that don't get really shown in a lot of places can be even more fulfilling. And uh, so the uh, ego uh, is tricky in a lot of different ways. You need a strong ego to be in the business you need that preparation, I don't care. You know, Tom Cruise was get got criticized as a young actor. He did one of his first performance with with Oliver Stone was 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 incredible. But he's so he was so he still is so good looking, so healthy. He was an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as I know, he was uh what kind of a he he was an athlete. I don't know if he was a wrestler or he did the uh, acrobatic. Uh, you know, uh, gymnasium, gym, gymnast, but uh, and he had the senses uh, to get focused as, with the business mind that he has with people around him that kind of were uh, able to help with that. I've seen you know people like Robert De Niro or um, people who have that support for creative productivity for business that is very tricky. You know, sometimes to be to wear different hats, I remember uh, what's your name? Uh, my one of the most beautiful women in the world. She was Al's wife and Godfather. Oh, Keaton, Diane. Diane Keaton said once, uh, "It's wearing different hats. You know, I take one hat off. I go home. I put my home hat on. I'm home. Um, with my actors, I put my actress hat on. I'm a little loose. I'm a little more free here." Um, and uh, I make my change to be with a new director to listen. I put on a different hat. I make my change to be with a business or an audition or people who are in the business to put my business hat on and be a little more clear-spoken and a little more uh, concentrated for presentation and presenting myself. And... uh, and there's uh you know so many so many little tricks that we don't always do we make you know we make plans that definitely god they say god laughs at those of us people who and who make make plans they will will be challenged with moments where we're not really sure how to behave or what to do that's the grace of confusion hello and uh, i think a moment of Patience with yourself will bring things together, and let let others be right when uh, it becomes stressful. Even though you know they're making uh, big mis- big statements that mean nothing to you at that moment, don't let it bother you. You know you'll be uh, your talents or your uh, moment will be back again. Stay on the on the path as best as you can. If you fall off, get back on. 
And, uh, I mean, sometimes I've raised my voice where I should have kept my mouth shut, and sometimes just a loud exclamation brought everything back on in, 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 uh, in gear where it was getting out of control. So it's, uh, you know, it's a wonderful creative uh, business. And all businesses are wonderful and creative. <laughs> Gosh, you know, it can be difficult being an accountant, but I've had some of my best laughs or my major shocks to reality. <laughs> With accountants. to my wonderful accountant. I love him, and he can be very painfully frustrated with me but I know what he's doing he's got a different life I have to be careful you know not to go into absolute depression you know listening to things that are very true the truth is not always the same when you put on a different pair of glasses you can look at things in different ways but acceptance of reality is part of our business you know accepting and seeing reality and then trying to reflect it as best we can and there's all different kinds of refractions of light, you know, bringing light to a situation, bringing a new light to uh, an issue uh, or people and uh, people's uh, people's lives. I've, I've just loved being able to travel. And even within my own city, I have the time off. I have, I have a little money. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm doing better than most people, but... Um, I've just been lucky to be able to go to to see different things and see different, uh, enjoy different people's lives. Got to be careful about being too smart with other people. Uh, you know that that ugly American thing, judgment right. without full, uh, without really getting a full allowing, a full uh, understanding to be there. Uh, before uh, I forget the real phrase for that, but. You know, making too many quick judgments. Um, sometimes just allowing things to be the way they are for a while. Uh, That's awesome, John. I gotta, I gotta interrupt you because we've only got a couple of minutes left. Just a, a, oh, sorry, a, a, some of my other topics here. What are <laughs> no, they? I've enjoyed this so much, and uh, and we're gonna, as as you and I discussed, we'll have you back, and we'll let the listeners know when you're gonna come back. Well, and, I want to uh, come back. Um, let huh? me say that because I want to tell the young actors how to get a job. Exactly. That, okay, that's the so one we'll, talking point I think I should do. All right. Well, that's fantastic. We're gonna we're gonna come back. You and I will discuss when you can come back. We'll we'll pick a date. We'll let the the uh, listeners know. And uh, I'm so glad you're here. By the way, oddly enough, Eric, you know, we were talking about P- Patricia Neal, was directed by another friend of mine, a friend of yours. Sadly, he's no longer with us. James Goldstone. Stone, God bless him. Oh, I missed my last opportunity to maybe do a play with a wonderful actress. Um, God bless her. Um, she's a wonderful lady. She's still here, of course, and James uh, passed shortly after that play. Um, oh, what was that? Uh, she was. Uh, she played that wonderful TV series as a, an officer in Vietnam. Um Oh, hmm. anyway, I'll, I'll talk about it next time. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to remind people that, that they can visit your friends page on Facebook and, and find you there. And I've had a delight. I, I always love listening to you talk, and I had a delightful time uh, being with you here today. Thanks so thank much. You. I hope to see and you out there. 
<laughs> I'll see you when I get back out there, and then and then have a marvelous swim. Enjoy the beach. I'm I'm so envious. Thank you. It's uh, a little cold, but uh, I'm I'm really I love it. All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to call you just a, a couple minutes after the show ends, just to to catch up, and then and then uh, I let you get out to the water. But uh, thank you again so very very much. I'll see you out here. All right, man. So that's uh, Mr. Uh, John Savage, and uh, I was so happy to have him here today. Uh, please do share these interviews with everyone far and wide, and please do leave comments before you leave the chat room or before or if or if you're listening to this archive, leave comments as well uh, right there by the player and rate and review the uh, the podcast. Uh, that would help us out uh, a great deal. And um, I honestly can't tell whether I'm broadcasting or not broadcasting. So if anyone in the chat room uh, is listening, let me know right now because uh, there's been an odd switch up that happened. Uh, Anyway, I want to thank John for being here and you, my listeners and readers of Movie Beat. We've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future. So be sure to stay tuned and uh, and share this website and these interviews with all your friends and contacts. You can become a friend of Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Uh, friends page on Facebook as well. Please do that. Go there and check it out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rex Sykes Movie BT, Rex Sykes Movie BT. And also, uh, what I what I uh, hope you'll do is you'll visit Serum the Movie. It's S E R U M the Movie on Facebook. It's a short film I'm directing, uh, being turned into a web series. And we have a, a friends page there at Facebook. We'll hope you go. And uh, take a look at that. You know, we join us with our production blog, and you can join us on our journey of production. All right, everybody. Everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.